Welcome to the Tabletop Summary, where we dive a little bit deeper into why we love board games. Strap in and prepare for a deep sea adventure. Here are your hosts. Listeners, welcome, welcome, hello, it is so good to see your faces through audio. My name is Josh and welcome to the Tabletop Submarine Podcast and with me as always is my loyal co-host, Andrew. And today we have uh, two guests, so we're going to do a two-for-one today. We have Shad Miller and Jay Cormier from Off the Page Games. Gentlemen, please say hello. Hi. Hello there. Nice to meet you. Can't can't wait to see you all. (laughs) All right, so uh, Josh and I know you a little bit, but our listeners do not. Please tell them about you and Off the Page Games if you don't mind. Hi, I'm Shad Miller. Uh, I uh, make board games with Jay and... I'm also a senior a lead narrative systems designer at Axon for training, and I make digital games and write freelance and have a blast any chance I get making games and playing them. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, I'm Jay Cormier, so I've been designing games for, uh, I don't know, 15, 17 years or something like that. I have about 20-ish games published on the shelves um, with, like, Belfort and Akrotiri and Junkard and In the Hall of the Mountain King and Mind Management. Uh, and then, uh, speaking of my management, I started my own publishing company called Off the Page Games a couple years ago. With my management being my first game, and the second game coming out right now called Harrow County. Well, that is awesome. I'm really this is a really a, a new milestone for us as a podcast because we have two people on the submarine. We're used to having one, but now we're going all you know James Cameron. We're diving deep and having like four people on a tiny submarine. So this is this is fantastic for me. I don't know how you're feeling, Andrew, but I feel. I feel you know, up in the clouds. Uh, you, I've, I am really excited mostly because we're taking a, also a different approach here is that we are a storytelling podcast, as everyone knows. Uh, we like telling stories, and usually it's about the people who you know do these stories. And today we're taking a little bit of a different approach, and we're talking about Jay and Shad's upcoming game, Harrow County, and the story behind Harrow County and how it came to be, and also with that Shad's and Jay's experiences with it. So, you yeah. know, it's very exciting because, you know, there are a lot of great games out there. And this is one that has been anticipated by a lot of people, both board gamers and, as we'll talk about later, comic gamers alike. So I don't know about you, Andrew. How, how are you feeling about this? I think this is a perfect introduction to a different genre for a lot of people. I think there's a lot of board games out, board gamers out there who just don't know or are fairly unaware of the magnitude of what comic books can be and and stories that can be told through them. And I think in recent years, obviously, we've had a lot more comic books become movies, and we've had now a lot more comic books become board games. So I am one person who was not a comic book fan growing up and never really got introduced to it. But now I'm starting to find this is a new medium that I can play and have fun with. So I'm very curious uh, to see how this is going to play out. And on top of that, I'm really excited for this to be very much in that Halloween spirit of things, right? Spooky and gothic and has some kind of interesting, fun things. There's a lot of people I know who do game nights on Halloween and struggle to find great games. But now this year, we've got Final Girl. We've got Harrow County. We have a bunch of uh, mind management. Yes, of course. Um, But different games that have some elements that make you feel a little uneasy in a really good way. Are you guys spooky gamers, Shad and Jay? Um, I mean, I'm not... I'm trying to think if I have any, but I don't. I I don't know if I have any spooky games actually. Um, so this is uh, maybe it's new territory for me too. I mean, 
Yeah, and I some of my favorite games are horror themed. Uh, usually, it's because they have that powerful story elements. I love Betrayal of the House on Haunted Hill. Is that? I think I got the title right. Okay, good. Sorry. <laughs> and then uh, I also really like Arkham Horror. Um, many iterations of that and the role playing game for that. Um, and Jay, just to to bounce off of what Andrew was saying, Jay really got me into comics as well. Uh, and Harrow County is one of the first volumes I've read since I was younger all the way through. And it was an awesome experience reading it and, you know, listening to the soundtrack, which is made by the artist, um, Tyler Crook, just like that whole experience was a, was a real narrative of creating the game for me that we can talk about later if you guys want. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and, and that's kind of the whole uh, shtick of off the page games from what I understand is that you guys create comic book to board game stuff. And what I found interesting when I was first hearing about, because I was following Jay when I started in design, I was following Jay because I respect a lot of his designs. And I was watching him and he started his own company with mind management. I'm like, well, what's mind management? It's like, well, it's a comic. Well, he didn't explain to me personally, but to his fans. It's a comic book graphic novel. And so, you know, I was like, well, is there good graphic novels outside of Marvel and DC? And <laughs> yes, there are fantastic stories outside of it. And, it makes me really excited because, you know, we're seeing, I think, like you said, we're seeing resurgence stuff. We got mind management. Another great one that I played is the stuff of legend from third world studios. There's now we have Howard County coming out. There's people are jumping off of these great stories because stories are awesome into making great board games. Um, so what, I mean, just really quickly for off the page, Jay, what inspired you to kind of take that route of comics to board games? Yeah, it was funny actually. So, we had met uh, Matt Kint at Gen Con and he was just in that phase of like, Hey, I like board games. And so he was walking around with two Ikea bags full of board games he just bought. And we happened to get introduced to him through a mutual friend and we played games all night together. And Matt Kint at that time was already like a, like an icon hero of mine. Of like, I literally have two pieces of his art hanging in my room right now and had it then. And uh, he had played one of our games, Akrotiri and uh, we had obviously mentioned lots of stuff that we liked to his. And he just happened, like, just innocently just said, man, it'd be so cool if there was, like, a mind management board game. That'd be so cool. And Sen and I, who I designed all my games uh, with prior, and still do, just not this one. And Sen and I said, could well, could we make that for you? <laughs> and he's like, would you? And we were both, like, flabbergasted <laughs> that each other wanted to be in each other's, you know, bed, basically. And so we kind of, you know, handshook on it and we went away and it literally took us five years to come up with the game. And because we kept failing, we kept like, couldn't figure out the basic core feeling, the emotion, the experience of mind management. And finally we found it and we, you know, we made it. We, everyone, we all liked it. And we pitched to publishers. One publisher signed it and we're all like, yay, let's sit back and relax and wait for that sweet, sweet board game money to come rolling in. <laughs> The laugh was accurate there. That's because that was not a. It's not a lot of money in board games. Was the joke there? And um, unfortunately, six months later, that publisher uh, crumbled and and went and went went out of business. Oof. And so then we get the rights back, and now we're sitting there going, oh, well, "What do we do now? Do we have to go back out, repitch it, all this kind of stuff?" And uh, Matt Kinn was the one who said, "Well, why don't we just do it ourselves? I know I can do all the art. I got a graphic design background. I can do all the layouts, and you just publish it." So Sen and I talked about it and I thought about it and I said, you know what, I, I'm currently part-time at my job and Sen isn't, so why don't I become the publisher? And Sen's like, yeah, go for it. 
So I became a publisher. And then I'm like, well, what am I going to be like? I like, I like publishers that have a, something to hang their hat on, you know, mm-hmm. something that's like, there's so many publishers nowadays where their motto is like, we make great games, yep. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like, um, okay. And it's like, if you saw like 95% of games out there in the world, maybe 90, I don't know. You couldn't identify the publisher for a high percentage of them. Yep. And maybe that's too high. Where you're like, I don't know, could be anybody published this. Uh, besides possibly some packaging, like Cosmos has a very unique packaging, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I wanted, like, I like Restoration Games. Mm-hmm. You know Restoration Games? Yep. Right. They they have a very clear mandate of what they do. They restore old games and may update them with new mechanics and make them playable for modern audiences. And it's such a, it's it's so obviously awesome how they do it. So I wanted something like that. And because I was making my management, I'm like, well, maybe maybe all my games should be based on comic books. And it's not just comic books, but like creator-owned comic books. Yeah. I wanna, selfish, selfishly, I want to work with the creators. I want to like chat with my comic book heroes and like partner with and collaborate with them. And it's so awesome working with Matt Kinn on my management and now Cullen Bunn and Tyler Crook on Harrow County and actually brainstorming, actually contributing to the world that they invented and created. And there's yeah. more in this world that, that because of Shad and I, it feels so awesome. So that's, that's basically the, the story of how it came to be. That's a, as a, as a designer of games, I think that is a phenomenal story. And I was also lucky enough to meet with uh, Matt and, and he's a great guy. And so I cannot be surprised by the way that fall into place, but uh, it makes me a little sad. It took five years, but it did what it did. You had to, you had to work on it and, and plow through all the hard stuff and you finally get there. But also, Mind management is blowing up. People love that game. So you did it right. And congratulations to you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so excited. I think it's that core the experience. I think is the best word for it, where we said so many games, it just felt like, I don't know, a pandemic ripoff. Not really, but just like, you know, moving around and and you got the characters and they're doing things, but we never felt like we were in the mind management world, even though all the characters and maybe some scenarios were part of it. It wasn't until we did the hidden movement one versus many concept where it started to feel like you were actually manipulating people's minds as you're playing the game. It really feels like you're a psychic espionage, which is, that was awesome. Yeah. I I think what you're nailing with this so far is that if, you know, games based on IPs, I really think they should want to have you explore the IP deeper. Yeah. So like with games like, you know, when I first played Dune, I immediately started reading the Dune books. And when I saw Mind Management, I have, I have it on my shelf. I haven't played it yet. I want to really bad because I love hidden movement games. I looked at the box. And, you know, there's lots of, for those of you who haven't seen the box, there's lots of hidden things just on the box that are really cool. It makes me want to read Mind Management. You know, I saw Harrow County and all the cool stuff we're going to talk about later with that. And it makes me want to pick up and read Harrow County. So I really think you're nailing it with that for sure. Yay. Mission accomplished. I'm going to be the jerk real quick and just ask, do you have some other comic books you'll be making games about just so I can know what to look forward to? I know you're not going to say anything, but I really want you to. <laughs> yeah. I do have my next third game signed, but yeah, I don't want to announce it because I don't want to have any attention focus uh, distracted from Harrow County. All right. Uh, so yeah, the third one signed and I have two more that we're in contract negotiations with and the one that's signed is you won't even believe it. It's so awesome. It's ridiculous. It's it, uh, you've heard of it. You've heard, I think you probably heard of it. Okay. That hint, two are, that hint was good enough. I appreciate it, Jay. Thank you. Yeah. Is it something's killing the children? <laughs> oh, I'd love to. I'd love to do that one. I really would love to do that one. That That's an awesome comic. That is so cool. I could just start naming off but, some comics I know of and just watch your face. Here's the only other hint is that, 
I really am friendly with Dark Horse Comics. Ah. Yeah. So that doesn't that doesn't narrow it down for me, Dave. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll just sit and wait like everyone. I'll sit and like like all the other good gamers out there. And... Not exclusively, one of the five that I'm dealing with is not, but four of them happen to just happen to be Dark Horse comics. Mm. Oh, Dark Horse is great. Um, I think that's been enough of our little pre-chat getting to everybody. Let's go ahead into our pre-launch procedures and get the sub ready to launch. The pre-launch. Get to know us and our guests. Okay, Shad, I want to hear from you. What have you been playing recently? Recently, uh, I just played Ahoy at Gen Con, um, which I adore uh, that game. I think I like the light mood. And it was also, for me, um, a nice reunion with some of my friends who uh, I who play-tested Harrow County before it was Harrow County. We got it to Gen Con, and I haven't seen them in three years. We'd been to Gen Con. The last time I saw them was at Gen Con, and we got there, and one of my friends wrote a paper with the fellow who designed Ahoy. Wow. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And then we played it together, and he knew I would love it because I'm obsessed with pirates, as I mentioned before mm-hmm. we got on. But also I love the asymmetry and kind of the hilarious crew members that, that happen and how they, you know, there, you know, you have the the sharks and the mussels, and their uh, their mechanics are all they are metaphors for their mechanics. So I always like it when you know we were talking about stories and games. It's very satisfying for me when the mechanic uh, matches the theme in a way like resonates with the inner the, the story, the feeling that you get. Like you were like Jay was talking about with mind management, it has to feel like feel like you're getting that out of the mechanic as well. All right, so Ahoy is definitely on the hotness right now, and people who take a look at the box will know that that's part of leader games, right? Like that's part of their signature style and look and feel and stuff like that. But what are the biggest differences between root and Ahoy besides the one word title? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think I got to play it one time before I had to go catch a flight to handle, you know, one was, I was like, I have to go catch this flight because my flight was canceled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which has happened every time I've flown recently, but I got to play it. And I think the biggest thing is there's not for me was there's not as much management of a shared board. Ah. It's more about managing your own cards and there is a shared component and you are trying to predict what the other players are doing. I love root as well, but for me in root, one of the feelings that happens is the idea of like you're lost in a dense forest because of the board. Mm-hmm. And in uh in Ahoy, you know, uh it's it's lighter in that way and the action economy is pretty different. And he also I th- you take damage through actions, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Uh and I thought that was a really nice way to also create a metaphor of a ship that needs to be repaired. So like there was that feeling mm-hmm. of being under stress when you were attacked and having you know, your options change based on that was, was a neat effect. Gave me that swashbuckling feeling. That's oh, great. Anyway. <laughs> so quick verdict. Did you love it? Did you like it? Was it just okay? I loved it. Awesome. Um, I'm a big fan of that kind of game. And I thought it was quick to learn and quick to play, which was, I think is hard to achieve in that vein too. Great. Jay, what have you been playing? 
Well, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of uh, time because to play games because I have five-year-old twin boys at home. Wow. But they, we've been enjoying Clask a mm-hmm. lot. If you're familiar with Clask, which is a, a wooden board game and you put your hand underneath it with a magnet and you control your, like, you know, magnet pawn on, that's going on top, kind of like, kind of like air hockey in a mm-hmm. weird way. And there's a little ball that you bounce around and you're trying to get it either A, you get a point if you get the little yellow ball into their little hole. B, if your, if your pawn, your mover goes into your own hole, your opponent gets a point. And to make it even more interesting, there's three little white magnetic things in the middle. And if two of them ever kind of stick to your pawn, you lose, you, you lose a point as well to your opponent. And that's a really clever uh, three ways of scoring that actually makes you, uh, it's not just get it into the hole, get it into the hole. There's other uh, things that you're trying to do while you're playing the game. And I'm, uh, we all love it. The, the five-year-old kids love it. And they don't like playing against me because I'm too good. I try to even play with my left hand to try to make it harder for, you know, easier for them. But uh, I'm still, I'm just too, too good at it. No, it's a great game. I played a couple times myself. I feel like magnets in games are underrated. It's not, uh, there's not enough of those out there. But I also can understand how difficult it could be to to design anything around the magnets itself. But uh, that's a great pick as well. Josh, what have you been playing? So I have been playing a game called Bushido from Gray Fox Games. Um, this is something I picked up at Origins. Uh, the, I was just at the Gray uh, Fox booth looking at Last Light, actually, but they didn't have any copies there, which is what I expected. But... Um, <laughs> But I, I came there and uh, I was looking at the games. They had some pretty good sales, and I picked up Bushido. It's a two-player game, and they, I was talking with the people there, and they convinced me to get it. I liked the theme. I'm, I'm pretty um, attracted to like the whole you know samurai type, uh, Ronin warrior type theme. So I picked it up, not thinking too much of it. I come home and start playing it, and I am blown away for many reasons. One, this is like this is like the game that I want to design when I first got into game design. Nice. I had like a I had like a little game that I was trying to take, you know, ancient warriors and battle them together and it just wasn't that good in retrospect. And this is what I imagine the game after lots of places would end up being what I would have loved. Um mainly because it had that feeling it has that feeling of back and forth combat between two people. So uh, in Bushido what you do is that you have a couple phases of the game where one where you draft cards, like a hand of six cards. That's going to be your entire hand for the game. These cards have different moves and dice values that are used to attack or defend against your opponent. There's an equipment phase where you equip your warrior with a weapon, and then you head into the battle phase. In the battle phase, you play cards, and you move a little position shifter around to say what guard you're in. And based on what you play, you're able to roll dice to either attack, defend, or dodge uh, opponent's attack and your attack. So back and forth, you're kind of going through this duel trying to take each other's health away. And I abs- without getting too much into it, it's it's fantastic. Like this has such attention in the game, and some people may not like this aspect, but I was playing with my wife, and I was absolutely dominating her. <laughs> like I was, I was, I was, I was full on going, you know, Afro samurai, you know, thinking of a, a coming a really cool samurai, just going back and forth attacking, you know, laying waste. And in one turn, I let I chose the wrong guard. And because I chose the wrong guard, she was able to play a set of cards and roll dice in a lucky way. It was, there was luck in it. So roll dice perfectly where she killed me in one hit. Wow. And lots of people may not like that. 
that that I understand that. But for me, that was just so thematic. Yeah. Like I am taking this giant sickle. I'm swinging it around. I'm dodging her attacks, hitting her with the blunt, stabbing the psych. And in one instance where I let my guard down, get cocky, she takes her little sword that she was using. And she just stabs me and kills me in one hit. Oh, it was just mm, the theme dripping from it just made me so happy. I, this is not going to be for everybody, but for me, this is absolutely beautiful at two players. What a wonderful game. That is Bushido by Gray Fox. And if I'm not incorrect, I believe that was based on the famous movie Seven Samurai. Is that right? Um, I don't know about that. There is a game called S- Samurai Spirit. That is. Oh, maybe that's the that one I'm thinking of. Played. Yeah, you're right. That's a different one. Okay, my bad. Yeah, which is which is also a great game. I played that one too. <laughs> but um, now, nah. so that that's Bushido, uh, Andrew. What have you been playing? Uh, so I recently went on vacation to the island of Cyprus to see my my wife's family. And uh, if anybody has ever been to the Mediterranean Sea and a, and a little tropical island, they sit around and play backgammon. So in like Cuba, it's dominoes and other places, different places, or it's like chess or something like that. But here it's backgammon. So even though I've known how to play backgammon since I was a child, uh, every time I go there, we play it almost daily it's part of like afternoon tea thought process like you just you break it out and over there it's a spectator sport so you have two people playing head to head but then also what's really interesting is the commentary that goes on around you and it's very distracting and they taunt you and there's different things they're trying to make you make mistakes and it becomes the game within the game that is the mind thought process and backgammon is such a luck-based game with the dice rolling but it's the good luck based because you roll the dice and it's about how you utilize the dice that you roll in how you play the game around. So it's the good kind. Now that said, it frustrates me deeply because the game is built in such a way that you can be locked out of playing the game for six and seven turns if you don't do things to defend yourself and mitigate that thought process. But it is a classic for a reason. And for those who have not given it serious thought, you're not going to like the first game you play because you're going to make way too many mistakes. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't spend the time to get into it and deep dive it a little bit and give it time and play around people. It's one of the things where you can actually be a spectator and you can learn a ridiculous amount by not playing. I think that's also great. So that's what I've been playing lately. Well, cool. Checking our instruments. Looks like we're ready to go. Closing the hatch. Ready to put on the gas. Whatever. <laughs> You know, real submarines do. (laughs) Let's go ahead and head into the dive. Shad, Jay, spin us a yarn, harrow our counties, let us hear about this wonderful game. (laughs) Tell us a story. Do you want to tell, I'll tell you a story about how it, how it became Harrow yes. County uh, because it actually didn't start out as Harrow County. So uh, Shad and I were working on a game, we uh, a totally different game. It got signed by a publisher, never ended up coming out, but it was signed and, and whatnot. And we started thinking, well, what, what's going to be our next game? And uh, I think Shad said he he had recently been castle hunting. I believe is, is that you were castle hunting? Yeah, which, I was you in know, Switzerland castle hunting, and I said, Jay, yeah. castle hunting. What are you doing? <laughs> And that, that just, that, I've never heard those two terms together before. I'm like, that sounds like a cool game, castle hunting. And we started kind of brainstorming, like, what would it be? 
And uh, it soon kind of devolved away from castle hunting because Shad and I follow the kind of theory of fun. Yes. When you design a board game, you design it and you have certain ideas. And then you're like, actually, this is pretty cool. And then it became yep. something else. And it became a game that we ended up calling skirmishes because mm -hmm. the game in our head, the, the core concept of this game was that you played on three maps at the same mm. time. That was the core concept of this game. And you had to decide, you can only activate one per, per turn. So which one do you want to, you know, spend your interest on and, and your cards and your, and your energies to try to get, uh, achieve the things you're trying to achieve. And that's what it was for always. And uh, we pitched it to a bunch of different publishers and there was always some interest, nothing huge. Uh, and we tried all sorts of different things with it. And, uh, and we did that for about four years of just kind of tinkering with it. And not, you know, you say four years, it's not like every week we're working on it. It's just, you know, here and there we're doing, you know, working on it, whatever. I was and, uh, no, I'm kidding. You, oh, you were? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I should have. Anyway. And then my management comes out and it's a big hit. And so now I'm trying to figure out what my follow-up is going to be. And I always like, man, I wonder, I wish I could do skirmishes. I love the game so much, but I, I you know, it's not based on a comic. So I can't like, well, maybe I, can, I wonder if I can find a comic. I started trying to think about, is there a comic that I know of with a bunch of different battles in different places and stuff? I'm like, nah, I couldn't think of any. And so I had, through Matt Kint, I had made friends with uh, Chris Schweitzer. And I reached out to him. And he, I like his mm -hmm. art style. He's got a really unique, cool art style. And I, I told him about the game. And I actually showed him a demo of the game uh, through a tabletop simulator, an online um, play, way you can play games. And he liked the game, but he said, oh, he goes, I, and I said, I know you don't have a comic currently that would fit this, but I don't know if this would be interesting. Like maybe write a new comic that's set in this world and we both launch at the same time or something like I'm trying, I'm reaching for straws here. I don't know how to, you know, I want this game out, but I don't want to sacrifice, you know, the, the, the brand, you know, even though it's one game of my management of, of mm -hmm. off the page games. And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I see. He goes, well, I'm I'm six books deep already with deadlines and stuff, so I don't have the bandwidth to do any new titles right now. But he's the one that said, he goes, you know what though, I could see this fitting in, in Harrow County. I'm like, oh, and I hadn't read it yet, so I went out and consumed it immediately <laughs> and loved it a lot, especially the not especially also the art, the story and the art. It's like I love that it's one complete story. Like it's not just like let's see how long we can run this along for and just kind of keep pushing it, you know, like walking dead. It's just like, keeps right. going, it keeps going, it keeps going kind of thing. It's, it's actually a one complete story, uh, which is so wonderful. And uh, so I met with Cullen and Tyler and we pitched the game of skirmishes to them and saying, but imagine like didn't do anything else to it. just imagine, you know, this and this, and can you see it? And they said through that, they said, yeah, we can see it and let's do it. So we made some contracts up and then Chad and I went to work to try to, you know, Harrow County the hell out of this uh, skirmishes game. And what started happening as we started figuring out, okay, what are the core pillars in Harrow County that you would expect to be in a game? And like, okay, well, there's Emmy and her friends are trying to, you know, protect Harrow County. And then there's, there's the family uh, that is trying to, uh, and maybe I should do back up for those that are listening, just uh, they understand it's just a quick story of Harrow County, like a 10 second version of it, is that uh, a witch at the very first pages of the very first comic, a witch is literally hanging by a tree. She's burning alive and they, they, she, they won't, she doesn't die. They bury her under this tree. And then a couple years later, a little baby is born out of a hole in this tree. And everyone expects that to be the witch Hester uh, come back to life. So everyone's watching her as a local farmer raises this girl named Emmy. And she isn't the witch. Uh, she has some weird connection because she does have some sort of powers. 
but she really wants to save and protect Harrow County, and she grows up and um, she wants to do that. While the family of Hester come back and they want to uh, destroy Harrow County and basically want to start again with Harrow County, like okay, this is getting too far. Let's start again, kind of thing. And um, so that was our core concept. Like, okay, how how do we do that? How do we have those those factions, if you will, in our game? And immediately became clear that we had to have asymmetry. That uh, yeah. And it started off with just the the objective. If the objective is asymm- asymmetrical, okay, let's let's have the, the the we call them the protectors. Emmy and her friends, the protectors. How are they going to save Harrow County? Okay, maybe there's townsfolk around the board. And they have to go get them. Yeah, okay, and they have to bring them back. And we tried many variations, so we got where we're where we're at now, and that works the best. And then with the family. How are they going to destroy Harrow County? That's that's different. And like, oh, we have these storm tokens. They're like these hexagon storm tokens that go over top of the hexes as you move around. You create a path of storms, and it, it makes it harder for the protectors to move through those hexes. And you connect your home hex all the way to your um, um, buildings, and you destroy them. And so this started getting really cool. But then we started leaning into, well, can we make them play even differently? And so then it started to get even more interesting as we started. Uh, everybody plays in a different way. They, one's doing a bag building game. Another has a mechanic where you slide tokens along. Like how you use the tokens. Everyone's using the same tokens, but how you use them started getting more and more different. And it led all the way into even uh, how we resolve combat, which we tried all sorts of different things from um, uh, doing a, a definitive, uh, what is it called? Not definitive. Uh, de- de- I can't remember. There's a D word that I can't, it's just escaping me right now, where it's like, where, where it's, it's. Oh, deterministic. It's, hmm. <laughs> Deterministic, thank you. Deterministic, yeah, yes, yeah. it is. Like chess, where you where you move onto a piece uh, onto your, a space, and it's you you win the battle. There's no there's no uncertainty. Right. There's no rolling of dice in chess. You just if you move onto it, you you win. So we had that for a long time in combat, and we realized that was just there wasn't enough emotion in a game like this. Enough, you know, tension because it was so puzzly. When you have a deterministic combat, it's very puzzly. And this is the first combat game I've ever designed. So it took us a lot of learning to get through figuring out how to make this interesting. So then of course we went to dice, which is what everyone does first. We had all sorts of different ways you could use dice um, to resolve combat. And we found that we were just trying to constantly mitigate the, yep. the luckiness of dice because, you know, somebody rolls, you know, three dice and they're all ones, you know, it feels really bad. And, and that's your whole turn. Waste. You're like, Oh, that sucks. And we're like, Oh, okay. Let's give you some plus ones and let's do like re-roll. And we found we were doing that so much that it's like, it, it became that that wasn't the best solution until we we came up with the idea of using a cube tower for the to resolve combat. And if you've ever seen a cube tower, uh, like Amerigo yep. or Shogun or Wallenstein uses cube tower, you drop a certain amount of cubes in, and there's little ledges and holes in the inside the tower where some of the cubes fall through and some stay on those ledges, and so it randomizes how many come out. And so if you have more cubes than your opponent in an attack, then you win the attack. And so that became really cool because it's also yep. self-balancing from a gameplay perspective where you might have a whole bunch still in the tower and not a lot came out. But the next time you attack, boom, a whole bunch of yours come out. And it feels really good to have that kind of resurgence uh, and, and not just not just rely on rolling ones um, uh, or sixes uh, over and over again. And so that was, uh, that was we loved the cube tower. And then I'm like thinking... Oh, how can I make the cube tower look like the tree? Because that would be really cool. How yeah. can I add branches to it or card like what if, like Everdell or something? People have to add, you know make this superfluous branches to the tree, or can we make them not <laughs> superfluous and make them actually like do something? 
And then as we were talking about what's going to be on the cover, I'm like, well, the tree's got to be on the cover because that's so integral to the story of this and maybe Emmy and this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, then it's then kind of, I'm like, oh, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Can we somehow, is there a way? And it actually I had to go through many different kind of sketchups and like, can it, how do you, is there a way to get the cube tower into the actual Brilliant. box itself? And we figured it out. We figured it out. So you literally have the box on the table. You, yes. There's a hole at the top of the box. You literally drop cubes into the box and it comes out the hole of the tree where Emmy was born. Like it all is so thematically perfect. It's awesome. I've seen it in action. It is thematically perfect. It's really well done. Congratulations. Spectacular. This transitions really well because now we have the box, the image. We have Harrow County in our eyes. What is the story that happened when you played it at Gen Con? Well, uh, for me, you know, there was there was this moment because, like Jay said, we've been working on this game for a long time. I had been, I mean, to put that castle hunting story in context just a little bit, uh, I was working in Switzerland and I was designing this game with Jay at night while I was also freelance writing for another game. And it was awesome. I loved every time I would, I talked to Jay, any other, you know, it's like more energy. I have more energy for the rest of the day. I'm going to go find a castle. So that was the kind of thing, you know, I mean, every time. And uh, we started making this game. And actually one, one big story for me that came out of that was I got to meet Jay at Essen because I happened to already be over in Europe and we pitched skirmishes there and we had this great time. And I remember pitching it to, Tyler and Cullen and thinking, I can't believe this is where we're going. But of course, when Jay told me he was starting his own publishing company uh, to do to with content, you know, creator owned mm-hmm. comics, it was like, of course you are. This is fate, you know, but for Jay, there's this whole other journey that he's seeing, you know. So anyway, when we get to Gen Con, there's this culmination feeling for me of like, oh, wow, you know. Um, I've been to cons with Jay before. I've pitched other games with him, and they all felt great. It's always fun walking around with Jay because he's <laughs> very friendly. <laughs> You're meeting all these people. You're like, oh, wow, you designed this game. You know, it's great. Um, but at this one, we really just stayed at the tables we were. We played the entire time. We demoed the game. And, you know, it was just fantastic to see everyone. People would come up and say, I love Hero County, the comic, and I'm going to play this game. And let's." And they loved it. And I was like, wow, you know, all that work and exactly what we were going for. One of the biggest things that we really wanted because it was asymmetric, we really wanted it to be very close. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, we see the curve. When somebody plays this game, they see their game. We see the curve and it's like, I won on the last turn. I had the last point. It was the last card. It was the very last thing. And I figured out how to do it. So I'm I'm sitting there having the time of my life uh, demoing this game with Jay there are so many stories. One, I'm going to tell quickly, there was a guy who played right before this time who was wearing a red shirt. <laughs> and I have his name. I'm just trying not to, you know, and he played in one of my favorite ways because he decided he was just going to attack. He was just going to win through attack, which is very hard to do. We wanted it to be almost impossible to not focus, because you need to be doing mm-hmm. that tug of war on all the different goals. He got in the center, which is harder to defend, and he just kept trying to win, and he just would not give up. And it was so fitting of a red shirt, right? And he just died, <laughs> right? But he, he still fought the whole time, and he was it was still pretty close, you know? Uh, and it was all, like, this tension in the tower of how many cubes are going to come out, and, you know, um, and just the tension of, like, what card are you going to have to play, and what are you going to do? So the next game, I was kind of like, wow all this adrenaline, all this euphoria. And I'm playing with, and I'm kind of playing the game with the two people that are playing. 
And I completely forgot that they came over with a camera crew and they came over with microphones. And there's actually a video that they put out their game trends that has this. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. What if you do this? Oh, that would be cool. Oh, great idea. You know, and I'm just kind of into it with them. Um, and then the end of it, I sit down and I think, okay, I've got about 20 minutes until the next play. That was really fun. And they hand me this card. Um, and to talk about their game a little bit, the person from game trends was playing the family and they were really thinking through all their moves and they were thinking through blocking. And I remember at the very beginning of the game, the person playing the protectors did something that I always want people to think about because the protectors are very flexible and they're very much like, I think we captured the feeling of being Mm -hmm. an underdog and still being able to come out on top because Emmy in the comic, you know, she doesn't know her origin. She doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't know why she's a witch, but the family has this advantage of, being immortal and knowing that forever, you know? Um, So they're very stable. They have very, you know, they know I am going to be able to have this power and I can mix it up. And Emmy's kind of putting all her energy on one thing and trying to make it work. So this person realized that they could flip and be more flexible with the protectors on the third turn because the family blocked them over here. That over here means on the left side of the board, because you can't see my camera. <laughs> In the submarine that we're occupying. There's an octopus, by the way. It's really cool. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, so I was just so happy that they both understood some of the core elements of the game and were getting that. Uh, and then had that final turn where it was so close and it was a brambles point and the family didn't know that they could get in there with their attack because they, you know, because they weren't counting on that. You know, it's just, I love that. I love the drama and the tower always helps with that because like Jay was saying, it's building that drama. And there was definitely a big attack at the end that mattered. And it mattered that somebody had been taking the time to get cubes and putting the cubes in the tower. Um, So all this, this is what I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about the cameras. I'm not thinking about any of that stuff. And then they come up and someone with a beard who I hadn't met before said, should we do it now? And the guy who'd been playing with me for a while said, yeah, let's do it. And they hand me and Jay this Game Trends Best of Gen Con Award. And I think, whoa. And honestly, like, I teared up a little bit. I do that <laughs> very easily. <laughs> but, you know, it was a big, big moment for me. Um, all this work, all the and bringing, you know, once we got Harrow County, the game came to life in a new way, too. Because the mechanics and the story just drove each other and that moment was just such a culmination for me. Uh, and then I watched this video that Game Trends put out, which is great in that it explains the game and then shows gameplay. And I'm laughing at myself the whole time because I'm not paying attention to the fact that anybody's filming me. And I found it very amusing. So that's that's my big Gen Con, you know, culmination of years of work. And you and you don't. It's not. It doesn't. It was what we were doing mm-hmm. for fun too. So. All right, so real quickly, just give the recap. So they were fighting over the Bramble, which is the king of the mountain thought process, right? And yes. the family yeah. was finding yeah. a way into the Bramble? Or how, how did, just tell, tell the story of that last turn. Sure, you got it. Okay, yeah. So basically, last turn, the family, the next turn is going to destroy the last house. They're going to get to eight points. And, and there's nothing that the protectors are going to be able to do about it. But the protectors get an attack that's not going to give them enough points to win and they but it is going to get the family off the brambles right so the the family has a 
couple. They have two. And it's usually like really hard to kill two haints on a on a hex. But when you're standing on the brambles, it only costs one cube because it's a more dangerous place to be, right? Instead so of two. The, yeah. So now it now all you need is two cubes to kill both haints. Costs two cubes normally to kill one haint. So you'd have to win by four cubes in order to take the brambles. But in this case, you only need to get two. And the protectors attacked, and they killed two haints, which got them up to six points, but they had the last turn of the round, and then they used that bonus action that comes from attacking. You get a bonus action before or after, right? You attack, and they move that one hex into the brambles, and they win. And it's just like madness. <laughs> because... You know, there there were other combinations that could happen, but especially in chapter one, so we have the rules arranged in chapters. That's the kind of pure interaction of just what's happening on the board. How do I manipulate these pieces? How can I surprise them? And uh, that I think that the combination of the last movement and normally you feel like, oh, I've got two people on the brambles, but what they actually did was they fed them a couple points. Um because it was cheaper for them to kill those two. And if they had just one if they'd had just one hate on the brambles, the protectors wouldn't have won. But it was, you know, not a bad move for them to put more because they were more likely right. to Right. So play. it's a matter of defending so, and, and, and locking it in, but also giving that more risk reward payback, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That's 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 great. And I can actually imagine that going down to the final turn and, and tossing the cubes in the tower and, and hoping for the best and just seeing what happens. So yeah, that's that's very cool, very thematic, yeah. and uh, wow, that's very cool. And and I forgot one detail. I uh, hope I'm not going too long here, but you know when they put the cubes in, they didn't have enough going into the tower to mm. do the kill, right? Because they had a bigger group and they got to put one extra cube in, but they wouldn't have had enough to beat. So what you see on the battleground is not representative of what's coming out. They, they had to understand what had been in there before. So it was really cool to have them think about that. Yeah, that's the last part. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there, really, I only have one follow-up question based on your guys' story, which is you know, absolutely riveting, to be honest. This was really cool to listen to see the journey from, you know, Swedish <laughs> castle hunting all the way to, you know, getting best, <laughs> best, best in Gen Con. Uh, the question I have for you is, you know, rec- to give you some context, recently... Uh, my first design, which was an expansion for a Kickstarter called Guns and Treasure, um, funded, and I was able to actually see reviews for the first time of people actually liking the aspects that I've designed, and that felt super good for me. And it made the last three years of my life, you know, pretty much giving up my entire life actually just to get, devote myself to tabletop, made it, made it feel worth it. So the question, <laughs> yeah. that's the question I have for you guys, and want you to see is like, throughout the five years it took. You know, what made you guys keep going to make this, sorry, seven, after the seven years it took to get Harold County to the table, uh, what did you do to keep going and was it worth it? I think the basic answer there is just that Shad and I are just friends and it was just, it was also just a great reason to hang out and chat with each other and we've both had, uh, we both had two babies in that time period. Yeah. You know, so we're just kind of growing up together with with uh, and using this game as a reason kind of staying in, in touch. And, and along the way, as I'm sure all designers think, 
like each step is like, oh, this game's really cool now. You know, yeah. you play test it and something bombs and you tweak it and you're like, oh, now this game's really cool. And, you know, we kept saying that every time. Oh, this game, now this game's even better. And it, like, so we loved it back then when it was yeah. three maps, which I guess I never even summarized that once we got to Harrow County, we started adding all this asymmetry. The three maps was too, too much right. to, to, to handle. And we, we actually, it's just a one map game now, just for those that uh, maybe didn't catch on to that. Um, because we actually did it as a, like, uh, as we we're kind of developing our kind of like, let's work on a training mission or something like that. That's just one map. And as we did the one map, not, not sure if it would work or not. It worked really well. And we're like, Oh, this is actually kind of fun. And we just kept playing on that. And we took us a long time to like, we should go back to those three map games again, just to make sure it works. And we're like, Oh, it's now that it's so asymmetric. It was like, it was not, it was, it wasn't as fun actually. And so we're like, Oh, forget it. Cancel it. We don't need that. We'll just do the one map. Cause the one map is where it's at. So yeah, but just staying in touch, and I think that's to answer your question is uh, the the thing that kept us going was just. I think that's super key to just like yeah. your coworkers for whatever it is, you know, like just, but just connecting with people in the industry, and I think also you mentioned earlier how you had a conversation that gave you energy for the rest of that day. It gave you energy to do more things. So those positive interactions are addictive in a very positive way, and I think that's great. What What about you, Shad? And, yeah, I mean, and I have to say, you know, like. Jay, uh, he's very inspiring and, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, for me, it was like keeping alive this great connection and Jay, I have a lot of friends that I can talk about games with, but Jay and I, we get on a call, (laughs) we make stuff the whole time. And yeah, we talk, we know what's going on in each other's lives, but it's like, okay, now we're going to spend an hour and we're making something and it's, and we're playing and we're talking about the consequences and we're, you know, and I, I also want to say for me, as soon as I met Jay, uh, he immediately just was very selfless. I was actually, uh, our first game, I made this cube game and he liked the toy of it. And he said to me, you know, this is really cool, but what if you do it like this? And I'm, uh, what if you made it more of like a match three? Cause you're asking them to do something really hard with the cubes. And I, and I said to him, I, I, I would love to do that. He's like, you should maybe, you know, pitch it somewhere. And, he go, and I said, I can't pitch that without you. You helped me figure it out. You, you know, it was a monumental insight you had. And he said, okay, let's work on it together. So we did. And again, it was like, I get to go hang out with Jay today and say That's that I'm nice. working. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and it is, it is a lot of work, I think. Uh, but it's just a blast. And, uh, and Harrow County you know, in my own like personal journey, I've been very interested in story and games and how, you know, making a choice creates that story. And this was such a cool experience getting to do that with Jay to get immersed in this comic and listen to the soundtrack and just like, Oh yeah, I'm in this world. How can I make this world through this completely other medium that still gets that player that story of being emmy or being one of the other characters malachi or somebody that we're mm-hmm. we're thinking of doing you know it's like and and jay one thing that definitely makes me want to design with him in particular is he is quick and you're he's talking about that uh that three maps right and i can tell you i've like you have as a writer i also write right so you have to be willing to take those edits and think about them and just Yep. Go of what you don't need. And it can be very difficult because there could be a great three map game that we could make. Absolutely. Yep. But it's not this one. 
And you got to be willing to say that. And Jay is very good at that. I always love to work with him for that and many others. I think one of the common yeah. denominators of great game designers that I've found just people talking to people is you got to let the game be the game it wants to be, right? You, you can't hold on to nuggets of things when they become obsolete and don't work anymore. So you got to let the game evolve in its own way. It's like a child. Like you can influence it, but you have to let the child grow up the way it wants to grow up and take on the attributes that it takes on and, and, and just kind of help it get there better rather than trying to hinder it and force it to be something it's not. Yeah. And I think that became really clear for us when we started working with uh, Colin and Tyler, because now there were also like other people who had this stake in what story was being created from it. And it's a great, like great process. So, well, my friends, we are down deep. We are in the trenches, the comic book and board game trenches, the deepest we've ever gone. Let us now turn on our radar and see what's in our future. Andrew, I want to hear from you. What is on your radar right now? So me and my wife, we play Wingspan ridiculously. We play it so often. We're constantly playing it. But just like everybody else, the pandemic means we don't get to play with people at the table as often as we'd like to. Well, now Board Game Arena has Wingspan. So even though it's just the base game, and of course we have all the expansions, and so it's not quite the game that I'm used to playing, I'm finally getting to play with people remotely, which is just so fun. So I'm, I saw it on there. I played it once, but I'm really looking forward to playing a whole lot more. So if any of you are on Board Game Arena, please hit me up. I will happily play some wingspan against you. And that is definitely what I'm looking forward to. It's on my radar. Josh, what about you? So I am looking forward to playing on my radar, vampire, the masquerade version five. So I'm an, I'm a big um, role-playing game guy, TTRPG guy. I honestly play more TTRPGs than I do board games sometimes just because of my job requires me to, run sessions at my game store. And this month we did Call of Cthulhu, um, which I'm really enjoying. But next month, uh, because of Vampire, well, because it's October and things need to get all spoopy, of course. and vampires are spoopies, uh, we're going to do The Masquerade, The Vampire the Masquerade, which is a hugely popular IP. Um, for those of you who don't know what Vampire is, it takes place in this thing called the World of Darkness. And everything that can be miserable and horrible happens in this world. It's probably the most grim setting for a RPG that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but um, I was just, I'm really interested to challenge myself because it takes on very mature themes like you know drug abuse, mortality, um, addiction, and things like that. It's a very mature uh, art role playing game, and I'm excited because it's going to challenge myself. I like using I like you know horror just as much as the next guy and grim. And maybe like more mature tales, but this is like taking a whole new level with me. I like to keep things kind of light in my role playing games, but this is going to take me to a place where I, as a game master, or as the storyteller in this instance, I need to tell a story that is not about people who are heroes, but people who are miserable and they have to be miserable because that's the only way they know how to survive. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's kind of, the, I will say the the V5 handbook is not my favorite as far as how it's laid out. It's really confusing with the character creation, but watching people on videos explain it, it makes a lot more sense. I'm excited to see how it plays out. 
But that's a Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition. Jay, what's on your radar today? I mean, I don't... Uh, I would say Cascadia. It's something that I think a lot of people have already played. It won the Spiel, the Yars, and everything. And uh, uh, I was at Gathering, and I, I almost had a chance to play it in April. And I didn't, but Sen did. And he's like, oh, that was my favorite game of the Gathering. I'm like, ah, I wish I played it. And so uh, I would really like to... I don't know much about it, literally. I haven't really looked into it. I just... he, You know, with that, plus the winning the Spiel, I'm like, well, I, I really want to try it now. So I don't have much more to go into besides just that. That's that's what's on my radar. I think it's going to be one of the classic gateway games. It's really a solid, oh, solid wow. game. So definitely highly recommend it. Oh, great. Great. Uh, Shad, what are you looking forward to? Well, <clears throat> I recently had my niece... Asked me if I would run a Dungeons and Dragons game for her, and I said to my whole family, "Oh, dreams do come true." So <laughs> I'm doing that. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, I actually chose to do. I'm running it. I always wanted to do more research into modules that had been written and everything. So I'm doing Curse of Strad, and I'm really enjoying nice. the process of. You know, usually I would have always made up my own rule, my own world, and everything, but this time I wanted to go into someone else's and see how to run it and everything. So that's been great. I also uh, am looking forward to one, one getting a copy of and playing 1001 Odysseys because I'm interested in how mm. they do their narrative systems and everything. And I've only read the BGG, you know, page about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one is definitely the kind of thing that I'd really like to play. And I, I'm going to, you know, as you said, now that we can go out <laughs> in the world again, <laughs> I'm looking forward to playing that. Well, great. Fantastic. Well, it is getting stuffy. My AC is still not working and it's getting hot in my little room that I record in. <laughs> so that means that means it's time to ascend and resurface. Jay, Shad, this has been absolutely fantastic. I have enjoyed immensely hearing about this game. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure I was going to back this one because I'm very picky about Kickstarters. Oh, I, yeah. Just in general, like, I, I don't back a lot of Kickstarters unless I either have played the game before or I have it's an expansion for a game where I love the IP. But this one, I had neither of them. But just hearing you guys dis- tell about it and describe this, the, the stories you have, I'm going to back it. I'm going to bite the bullet. When it comes out, you got to back her. I, I'm not going to tell my wife until it comes out of the car. <laughs> but, but it's, I'm looking forward to playing this. Whole, is it going to be at PAX by chance, the game? Unfortunately, no. It's, it's, it, by the time this aired, it was at Shucks by the time this airs. Um, but that's the only uh, event I'm going to for the rest of the year, unfortunately. Partly because the mind management copies were not available in time. And so I couldn't agree to too many more events until, like, unless I had stuff to sell. Right. That's totally but fair. Shucks is in. I'm in Vancouver. That's where I live, and that's where Shucks is. So I had to do. I had to do Shucks. <laughs> yeah. No. Of course. That's okay. Well, Shad, Jay, really briefly, because we want to get you out of here into fre- the fresh air and the dry land. If people <laughs> want to follow Jay and Shad, or you, they can want to learn from you. Whatever. What, how, how do they follow you? How, what's the best way to get them to uh, be in touch? Yeah, off the page games on any social media: Twitter, Instagram, um, YouTube. Uh, Facebook, it's all off the page games. That's pretty easy. Yep. And there is a Harrow County uh, game group on Facebook. 
Awesome. Well, thank you guys for giving us your time, for going on a deep sea adventure with us, for sharing stories about this wonderful game, about this passion project of your guys's. I'm looking forward to the Kickstarter launch, and I hope many more projects come from off the page and from you guys as well. Thank you so much. See you October 4th. I just want to say, as a professional courtesy to you guys, I wasn't talking like a pirate the entire time, <laughs> but I'm tempted to. This is September 19th when we're recording. I don't know if you want that in there, but I would love to be talking to you both as pirates, but I think it would obfuscate our small discussion here. And it was a wonderful sea adventure with you both. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I, I, I'm not going to do paradise. I try. <laughs> Arr, right, that was that was great. Arg arg. Arr. I do Mr. Krabs and Mr. Mr. Krabs. Arr, 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 Mr. Krabs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speak on my new pirate voice, Mr. Krabs. For sure. Okay. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us on Adventure. Please, please consider uh, following Harrow County. It's something that sounds great. Thank you guys so much for sharing the stories about us. Until our next adventure, as always, I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. And this has been the Tabletop Submarine. Mm-hmm.